What's going on, everyone? I'm Will Button, and this is Adventures in DevOps. Today, I've got the co-host with the most with me, Jonathan Hall. Hey, everybody. How's it going? And today, we have our very special guest, Daniele Fontani. How are you, man? I'm fine. I'm fine. Thank you for having me. We've so, had quite an adventure in DevOps this afternoon, getting this, this recorded. It has truly been an adventure. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> <It's>, it, it, <laughs> sure. We are talking about adventure and Fisheratops, so it's the good combination. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> hey, folks, this is Charles Maxwood from Top End Devs, and lately I've been working on actually building out Top End Devs. If you're interested, you can go to topendevs.com slash podcast, and you can actually hear a little bit more about my story, about why I'm doing what I'm doing with Top End Devs, why I changed it from uh, devchat.tv to Top End Devs. But what I really want to get into is that I have decided that I'm going to build the platform that I always wished I had with devchat.tv. And I renamed it to Top End Devs because I want to give you the resources that are going to help you to build the career that you want, right? So whether you want to be an influencer in tech, whether you want to go and just max out your salary and then go live a lifestyle with your family, your friends, or just traveling the world or whatever, I, I want to give you the resources that are going to help you do that. We're going to have career and leadership resources in there, and we're going to be giving you content on a regular basis to help you level up and max out your career. So go check it out at topendevs.com. If you sign up before my birthday, that's December 14th. If you sign up before my birthday, you can get 50% off the lifetime of your subscription. Once again, that's topendevs.com. So we've actually got an article from you about, I gotta, I gotta pull up the title because the title just cracks me up. Triceratops, why DevOps is not only an acronym. And, and this is a great article to read. We'll put a link to it in the show notes. But it's that, that unique combination of being humorous and uh, informative. And so we're going to dig into that and talk about acronyms and DevOps. But uh, first, for any of our listeners who may not be familiar with this, you want to give us a little bit about your background? Sure. I work as a CTO in Sintra Digital Business, that's a digital company. And we try to help companies for accelerating their digital uh, transformation, of course. And in this company, I love to advise about DevOps, of course. In the spare time, I love to play with open source projects and contribute to, to the community. And I love also to write articles for sharing my, my, my opinion and, and be in touch with the community itself. So that's why also I'm here and I love to be here with you. Right on. So tell us, how did you get to, how did you even get to the point where you were writing an article called Triceratops, why DevOps is not only an acronym? Oh, sure, sure. Uh, the, the story is quite, uh, is, is quite funny. It's quite funny because it, it comes from a previous article, my previous article that was, uh, that has a little bit provocative, provocative uh, title, DevOps is dead, long life to our pops. Uh, where, <laughs> where in that article, I write about um, why we should focus more on the app development and try to find some way to automate the application development instead of wasting a lot of time on the infrastructure. And then on Reddit, one user 
reply to the comment and tell me uh, what would be the next uh, the next one acronymous in DevOps would be Triceratops. So this make me loud so much, and I told myself I will have to write an article about that. So that's how <laughs> I um, I, I still. No, I'm going to have to use this. I have to say, I mean, I, I have these conversations all the time where someone's like, Dev, what do you think about DevOps, DevSecOps, BizDevSecOps, blah, 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 blah. I'm, I'm going to just start throwing Triceratops in there. Sure. But, but now that we have uh, learned that the algorithm is quite simple because you can take the ops word and put something on fr- in front in front of that. So you can be everything ops, of course. But at the end, it's always DevOps. Because there are many ways, many improvements of the same things. When we talk about uh, GitOps, we don't, it's not something different than you know, hops on the scopes and, and so on. I think that at the end, what you are doing is DevOps, of course, but there are many ways to do that. There are many drivers. One driver, one important driver is about uh, automation and reduce the human effort on, on the operation side. And how you can do that? You can do that by implementing no hops. You can, but at the end, what is no hops? Not, of course, is the use, using the cloud and implementing automation or using tools that do it, that do that for you. So at the end, probably there is only one DevOps topic. I don't know what you think about that, but I, I don't see too many difference between tools approach. What I see is a way for putting something uh, inside our actual DevOps process. Like the, think about DevSecOps, you know, it's, this, this is another uh, buzzword. This, everybody will do that. But what is DevSecOps in the end? Is really different than DevOps or is really different to implement a DevSecOps process rather than a, a regular DevOps process? I don't think so because you just have to add another, add other people into the process, add or other competences into the process. If you are able to have automate automated test on application, maybe you can also automate security tests. No? So, from a point of view, all that are buzzword, and we have to hear that buzzword because. I, I think it's important to to have to listen to the new new trends and follow the new trends and take what is good in that. But then we have to put into into our reality. We have to put in practice what theories tells, and and I think that this is the probably this is the the most important thing to remember when we see some acronyms or buzzword in uh, in some twitter or linkedin post and if you if you read some title like uh, devops is dead long life to hop ops of course don't trust this this article don't trust uh, that author because probably they are trying to to tell you something not not so terrible probably it's just something that you can add to your to your experience but it's not something revolutionary what else I believe, I, be, I really believe in the no-hops uh, trend. Just we, we talk that to, to, to don't believe the acronyms, but I really love the driver of putting less effort as possible 
on the operation part. And this, of course, uh, for me, doesn't mean forget about that part or take some risk. Of course, you have to use an infrastructure that works, that is performant, but what you should do is to use as much as possible tools and platforms that make possible that you have to focus only on the software part. Because more time you spend on the software part, more value you put in your product. And more value has your product and more customer will will buy it. So we have to focus on what brings value uh, to us. This can be done. This, this is possible. This is possible because we have a lot of tools in the market for automating uh, releases, an example, for automating tests, an example. We have a lot of tools that automatically build your application and deploy uh, to an infrastructure that is fully managed, maybe, of course. And we can use hyperscaler services. Uh, but I think this is a very, very good driver, a very, very good because every minute you spend on mounting hard drive on a server or connecting with cable to devices is time that you that you vast because the cloud do it, do that for you and cloud services are reliable are performant and are good i when i talk about this transformation a lot of sysadmin are scared because they they think what will happen to me if, yeah <laughs> sure, <laughs> a lot of people are scared by are scared by the, the kind of article I write because they they ask what what will be my future maybe future will be different. I think that everybody has to change. If we think about informatic science and programming ten years ago, it's very different, and in next in ten years will be all will be more different. So we are evolving. Uh, DevOps uh, is Reading and forces admin guys, uh, they have to start a transformation. Transformation could be become DevOps, but there are a lot of other things that we have to do. Even if we have, if, even if we are approaching a no ops scenario, we will still have to monitor the application. We will still have to take care about security. We will still have to take care about uh, invoices, and we are. It's easy to start a cloud service. We just have to put the credit card number into the system and you are set. But what is the, <laughs> the problem? <laughs> the problem is that every month, every month you will have an invoice and you have to pay attention about what you are paying, what you are taking for. And this is a, this is a new job, a new job. Of course, big companies spend thousands, not thousands, but hundreds of thousands of, of dollars monthly in cloud. So if you save, if you are to if you are able to save the 10% of you use the resources or you, you do improvement, this is a, a good value. And maybe you will stop to plug cable and you will start to take care about financial financial aspect, the, the FinOps or another buzzword, sorry for that. Also, FinOps is, is another trend that, are, that, that, is, that will be important because more and more we will use the cloud, more and more we will get invoices for the from the cloud, and more and more we want to uh, be sure to spend for wh what we use. So there are a lot of new professions that, 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 are, that are growing near the DevOps, near 
the cloud. So I won't be scared. I don't want to be scared about the the end of the on-premise because uh, we have always fear to to talk about that. But but the on-premise is 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 low in dying. I don't know for how many years we will still have on-premise data center. For how many years we will still have to plug cable on uh, our data center. So. For most of us, the the time of the retirement is very long, so so we have to we have to think about what we have to do until that. So, if I were a sysadmin guys, I won't be scared about DevOps. I won't be scared about NoOps. I will take this as an opportunity of being able to change my 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 work change my professional and do something that brings more value for the for the company and for myself but probably i i see that I, i'm probably i i don't want to be too rude but but i but i think this is the reality probably yeah no i agree with you 100% like there's no scenario in technology where you can get a job and do that same job for the next 30 or 40 years until you retire. Like there's just, that just doesn't exist. And if that's important to you in your career, technology is probably the wrong career path for you. Become a waiter. Right. People always want to eat. Yeah. Sure. And by the way, I was a waiter and I loved it. it, it it's, it's fun work. I'm not dissing the job. I've actually never done that. You are missing out. We just need waiter ops now. Food <laughs> ops. <laughs> and I agree. I mean, the truth is, I mean, I actually had somebody ask me the other day, aren't you concerned about shift left? Because doesn't that just mean automating more things? And my response was not really. I'm not, I mean, yes, that's maybe what it means or part of what it means, but somebody has to write and maintain that automation. And you know, there, until we invent general AI, which may or may never happen, there's always going to be people who are maintaining automation. And that's what, I mean, that's kind of what DevOps has become, right? So that, that this this practice is not going anywhere anytime soon. It will change sure. in every way, but it, it's it's not, we're not getting, we're not going to be replacing people with, with automation. Sure. But if you think not only to the technology, not related to the technology, but if you think what happened on the industrial revolution, it's the same. Mm-hmm. Nobody nowadays uh, can think about uh, going producing a car without using machines right. and the, the same is uh, is in in the in the in programming and in devops and so on if we can avoid human effort of course there is no reason there is no reason to still uh, spend man days instead of money there is no reason Hi, this is Charles Maxwood from Top End Devs, and lately I've been coaching some people on starting some podcasts and, in some cases, just taking their career to the next level. You know, whether you're beginner going to intermediate, intermediate going to advanced, whether you're trying to get noticed in the community or go freelance, I've been helping these folks figure out how to get in front of people, how to build relationships and how to build their careers and max out and and just go to the next level. So if you're interested in talking to me and having me help you go to the next level, go to topendevs.com slash coaching. I will give you a one hour free session where we can figure out what you're trying to do, where you're trying to go and figure out what the next steps are. And then from there, we can figure out how to get you to the place you want to go. So once again, that's topendevs.com slash coaching.
I think one of the other things that you touched on that really resonates with me is the whole business of monitoring cloud expenses. And I think a lot of people underestimate how big of a value that is. You know, one, just to be able to help identify where those expenses are and control those costs. But for a lot of us, it may be the first time in your career when you can actually quantify the value that you bring to a company. You know, a lot of times if you're a sysadmin or an IT administrator or a network engineer, that's like a a fixed cost. You know, you can go to any number of websites and see what your salary is going to be within a certain range. But when you get into like managing cloud-based expenses, your value, your like the value you provide to be able to cut someone's cloud bill by 10% is going to be different from someone who's spending $10,000 a month on the cloud versus someone who's spending $200,000 a month on the cloud. And so 10% gives you a way to quantify the work that you're doing. And whenever you can do that, it gives you the ability to negotiate what you want as a salary, which is something that's unique to people from sysadmin, IT, even programming backgrounds. Sure. And of course, uh, it is one of the new professions that, that, that will be very important. And of course, uh, as you told, uh, more high is the, the, the expense of the company and more you are useful in that, in that role. And for us as admin guys, uh, the question is uh, where I can bring more value, plugging a cable or spending five minutes to control the cost. Probably the answer is the second one. And probably you will need not only technical competences, but also financial and, and other kind of competences. So this required this teach us another, another thing is that another trend that's happening is that involves developers and DevOps guys and that teach us to learn not only hard skill and not only technical technical um, competences, but also work on the soft skill because also being able to read uh, balance or number is 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 important for who is administrating a cloud uh, a cloud services. And moreover, think about the scenario when you have more than one cloud provider, because a lot of companies now are implementing uh, multi-cloud strategies because they fear the lock-in and they don't want to stay on only one hyperscaler because it could it could fail and it, what if the, there is some issue? So they stay multi-cloud. They, but multi-cloud is harder to maintain because you have services spread along multiple vendors with different pricing models with different invoices, and this is very hard to manage. And it is very easy to forget about unused resources, left active some servers, an example that you are not using. These need attention and more need attention. The, the fact that in this complex scenario, in this complex scenario, there are also security, security problems that you have to monitor. So cloud uh, is a very good opportunity for people that are more related with hardware to grow and to start a new career, probably, and bring more value to the companies and bring more value to itself. Because for, for what I see on, on job advices, uh, DevOps professionals are very 
very well paid in, in the world and more and more paid. So this is another thing that we have to take in account at the end. Yeah, very good. Good observations. I think it's really interesting. I hadn't really thought about this until now, but I deal a lot with people who are starting their DevOps careers and a lot of the focus is on the technical skills. But from your perspective, like there's a, a huge or what feels like a huge unserved market of these other skills, you know, the financial skills and the communication skills and like the the business skills to be able to translate business requirements into DevOps or infrastructure requirements and then quantify that. You're right. I probably have not a, a clear answer. It's hard to quantify this amount of, uh, of competences. But even in the, in the programming world, developers need to be more, more, more and more able to, to communicate with teammates. Uh, and also, I don't know if you remember, maybe 10 years ago when we had uh, software developer and then architects. With the cloud, right. each developer has to be more architect and less developer because you, if you know which, which uh, piece take from the cloud and put together, you will save a lot of time. So uh, competences are, are really changing and having good soft skill helps a lot. Uh, on DevOps career, probably the most important, the most important soft skill I can imagine is the communication one because you often are in the middle between uh, software and infrastructure and you have to understand what is happening. Often uh, it's hard to find the, the truth between uh, between software and infrastructure when software doesn't work. So we have to be good communicator and don't be scared about the issue because, because when issues happen in production, you still have to find solution very quickly and and also problem solving is a very good competence that you have, that you need. The things that scare me about soft skill, it is that it's very hard to, to develop the, the, the soft skill. So there are not courses that you can buy on Udemy or on some other training platform for being able to communicate on something like that. So, so this is a good question. This is a good question. Probably I don't have an, a good answer for that. Yeah, that's a great point. I agree 100%. Maybe that can be our next ops acronym as we create a uh, we create a generator framework for communications. <laughs> it just automatically generates the right buzzword for you to say at the right time and <laughs> Well, sure. Did you ever speak Pig Latin, Will? Yeah, <laughs> I think we might be onto something here. We could do something like that. Just, just add off to the end of every word in your sentence. <laughs> this is what happens when Chuck leaves us alone to do the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> this is how I convince him never to leave us alone again. Right. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Well, I liked your article. I, I like the point. It's, I mean, it's basically a joke now, isn't it? You can just add ops to everything. I mean, we were making a literal joke about it, but like in the industry, it's a joke. You can just call anything ops, baseball ops and football ops and, and people ops and whatever. Uh, it's it's almost lost its meaning. But you, you really make a good point. You know, the, the principles are essentially the same. The idea of making things simpler through through the use of automation 
and and tearing down silos and, and that's that's valuable whatever you want to call it whether we call it DevSecOps or DevOps or, or whatever it's a it's a great goal and it's proven very valuable sure yep agreed so when you talked about so you, this article was was uh, inspired by a comment on your previous article which is about app ops was, sure. was that was that intended as a as a sort of tongue in cheek or or sarcasm or a joke or was that uh, what was your what was your point about app ops Sure, sure. Apops is why I told never trust who who uh, is writing uh, article like the Bob is dead. Long, long life yeah. to Apops because exactly. this is a, a, li- a little clickbait uh, title, of course, <laughs> and of course. But we we have also to find a way you now for being read. So we have to put such kind of title to be read. But the content of the article talks about, still talks about the, 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 the principle of finding a way for putting your attention on apps instead of infrastructure. And this, this is important to remember, especially when you adopt uh, some, some tool like Kubernetes, an example, that is a very, very good tool and can be used cloud and simplify your life, but need a strong governance. And in this article, I, I find a way for, for finding tools, for finding tools that could be uh, able for, to, to simplify, to simplify the Kubernetes, the Kubernetes governance and let you focus just on the source code development. And doing that, what happened? Happened that you write the code and you describe how the application should be deployed and everything is done by itself. So don't worry about pods, services, scaling, virtual scaling, and so on. So this is a good way for starting approaching Kubernetes and the deployment itself uh, in a different way. So just take the source code and describe how the application should be deployed. Don't worry about what will happen because you can support that there will be a tool that will take this information or will translate this information into an infrastructure for your application. Good, thank you. You brought up a really good point earlier and I, and I want to highlight it because I think there's a lot of hidden value in it. You mentioned specifically in, in regards to app ops that that puts the value on the things that your customers are paying you for, right? Because, and I've, I've heard this stated multiple ways in the past, but basically like no customer is ever buying your product because of because of how you built your Docker files, right? They're they're paying you for the service that you're providing. And and I think that's really important. You know, it's not to say that like creating good, efficient, secure Docker files is not important because it is, but it's important to keep it in perspective in like What's its role in the business of generating money for this company? Sure, and this this is hard to say because we, as technician, we love to to let the customer how we are doing things, and we put a lot of effort for keep possible that the product works for writing code. Uh, I mean, creating good infrastructure, but the, the customer basically don't mind about that. Uh, he is. This is not important that the software is safe because he knows the software is safe. It is a requirement. Right. Uh, so so, so we, we cannot he's not surprised if, if you tell that you are doing the best, you are using the best tool ever. He, 
is supposed to you to, to use. So it's important to keep a, to pay attention to where the money comes from. And when I tell product, I'm not referring only to startups or SAS product, but every company, every company has a core business. Uh, and in this core business, uh, there is inside some part of the ETO. Nowadays, we we cannot start uh, run a company without some IT, some software development, and this is part of the product. But you have to pay attention. You have to be able to move your attention, your mess days, and your mind to the software development, to the application development, to the future. And if you can find a way for using tool or solution that works by itself and you can buy. So you cannot forget about infrastructure. You cannot forget about DevOps and so on, but you have to find a way for buying things that works uh, without human effort. This is my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Well said. Here, here. <laughs> All in favor, say aye. <laughs> <laughs> Motion passes. All right. What else should we talk about? Sounds like we have consensus then. So sure. it was a great adventure. I think we solved the world. We did. Sure. We just need the right acronym to sell it. Okay. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. When you will discover a new acronym, just let me know. I will write a new article on that. <laughs> Deal. <laughs> I must be the first one writing an article on you. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get that first round SEO clickbait. <laughs> Sure, sure. It's essential. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, we ready to wrap this episode up? Yeah, I guess we need some picks, don't we? We do. Yeah. So, Daniele, at the end of each episode, we do we do a pick. It can be something technical related or not technical related. Just something to um, that has piqued our interest. And then uh, we use that as our pick. So we'll uh, throw out our picks. Then if there's something um, something for you that you would like to share with the listeners, um, we'll give you a chance to do that. Okay. All right. Hey folks, it's Charles Maxwood. And I just wanted to jump on real quick and let you know that I am putting together a podcasting course. I get asked all the time. I've been coaching people for the last six months. How do you start a podcast? How do you put it together? What do I need in order to get it going, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I've put together the curriculum. And I did it through coaching a whole bunch of people. And now I want to share it with you. You can go check out the course. It's actually going to be a masterclass. It's going to be a four-week masterclass where I actually walk you through the entire process of launching a terrific-sounding podcast and putting together content that people want to listen to. And you can find it at podcastbootcamp.io. Jonathan, you want to kick us off? Sure. Uh, I wasn't prepared, actually, even though I reminded you, I wasn't prepared. But I guess I'll go with the pick. Uh, so I actually used to work for the company that makes the product I'm going to pick. But my wife and I just bought our second Bugaboo stroller. Uh, Bugaboo makes some really nice strollers. So we, we have one. We had since my son was born almost a year ago. But we wanted a new one that's more compact because we just went on a long road trip. Uh, and it was a little bit of a pain to pull it in and out of the trunk. So Bugaboo has a new stroller called the Ant, which actually collapses into a size that will fit in an overhead compartment on an airplane. So oh, wow. We just got the stroller earlier this week, put it together, and we haven't actually flown with it yet, but it looks nice. It's a sturdy stroller. It's nice quality stuff. They are a little bit on the expensive side, but they are high quality and they have a high resale value. So after your kids outgrow your 
your bugaboo, you can resell it and get and recoup a big portion of your investment. So that's my pick for this week, bugaboo. Nice. Yeah, and some of those are are absolutely huge. They're like monster truck sized strollers. Yeah, they, they have they have a twin one that actually fits two kids next to it. So if you have twins or you have two children that are that are both stroller age, they don't have to be the same same age, but you could have an infant with a two year old, for example. You can put them side by side. So yeah. They have quite a range of different options. Nice. All right. So my pick for the week is going to be a non-technical pick. It's a new book I picked up. Courage is Calling, Fortune Favors the Brave from Ryan Holiday. And it's I'm just getting started into it, but it's it's really cool. I've read multiple Ryan Holiday books, and I think he always does a great job of like relating everyday struggles back to like how philosophers would handle that, you know, and how to stick to your your moral code. And so this one is actually recently written. It's very relevant to the world that we live in today. And I'm enjoying it. So if you're looking for like a how-to guide for 2021 and what comes in the future, Courage is Calling, Fortune Favors the Brave by Ryan Holiday. You say a how-to for 2021, but you mean a how-to have done it already? That 2021. Well, there's like two weeks left when this episode comes out. Well, it could be a busy two weeks. It could be. I suppose, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Daniele, how about you? You got anything to pick for us? I'm good. I'm waiting for some for my rest in uh, in, in the Christmas uh, holidays because I need that. Nice. Yes. <laughs> yes. All right, cool. Well, I think that's going to wrap up our episode. Daniele, thank you so much. This has been a really fun episode. It's been a really cool topic. I've enjoyed it. Thank you really for this chat. This was very, very interesting. And sorry for the technical problems with connection. But at the end, I'm very happy that we find a solution in this adventure DevOps. Yeah, I mean, that's what we do is find (laughs) solutions, right? Sure. It's what we do. (laughs) Exactly. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. See you guys. Until next time. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com to learn more.